You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Breakfast of Champions, part three of three. Enjoy. All right, so Breakfast of Champions, we learned on the first Sunday in part one, we learned that we were made to win. And what does that mean? Does that mean winning at checkers every time we play and winning at at football games? It's actually something much more important than checkers or sporting events or American Idol. God has made us to overcome, to overcome any obstacle that would oppose the will of God for our lives. We've been designed by God to overcome any obstacle that would oppose his will for our lives. And the first scripture we looked at was 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. And that says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. I like that. Thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. That's God's nature. He's an always God. He never gets tired. He never misses something. He never falls asleep or gets weak or weary. He's always 24-7 on watch. He's always vibrant and alive. And he's watching over us. And he wants to work all things out for our good. So we thank God who's always leading us into triumph. We learn on the first Sunday that we were made in the image of God that we were made in the image of the champion of champions, in his image to be his champions in the earth. And it's important if we want to realize this life that Christ came to give us, to know the one who made us so that we could know who we really are. Knowing who made you will enable you to understand and know who you are. We learned that Jesus came to restore what Adam lost. And the primary thing that Adam lost was an intimate relationship with God as Father. And God wants us to know Him in a very real, everyday way. And intimacy with Christ and intimacy with God the Father is really where life begins. Did you know you can't be intimate with someone if you don't know what their motives are? Intimacy in a relationship requires the the hearts being revealed. Well, Jesus came to reveal the heart of God, that you can know what God's motives are towards you, that you can know what his will is for your life, that you can be sure and certain of God's disposition towards you. And we saw that in John chapter 10, verse 10. What's wonderful about Jesus is And wonderful about God the Father, you don't have to speculate as to what his will is for your life because he's clearly revealed it. He didn't keep a secret from us. He's not a mysterious type of God. He's revealed his heart. He's revealed his will to us in Jesus. In fact, Jesus, the real Jesus, said very clearly, and you can read it on our screen, he said, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, however, that they may have and enjoy life. This is Jesus talking. Isn't that wonderful? That they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's a very different concept of Jesus that I had growing up and that the church I went to told me about. 
When I read this, I didn't read this until I was about 19 years old, it, it rattled my brain. It rattled my heart that Jesus wanted me to have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So that's the motive. That's God's motive in our relationship with him. That's God's heart and disposition towards you. Isn't that amazing? But it's when we begin to know that and believe that that we begin to experience this amazing life that he came to give us. And then in part two of our series, we said Jesus is the breakfast of champions. So Wheaties, move aside, right? Jesus is the breakfast of champions. And we talked about uh, how, we, how we overcome. All of us at one point in our lives have felt like failures. And, and you may feel like a failure this morning. And you're not alone because we've all been there. We've all failed. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed, missed something. We've all done things wrong. We've all made mistakes. But the good news is, is God's love is greater than our failures. It's greater than our mistakes. His grace will change everything. His love for you will transform your failures into victories. So how do we get from being a failure to being a champion? The good news is it's not by trying harder. Isn't that good news? That's what man's religion will instruct you to do. Try harder, do better, do more. We don't have any try harder messages at Highway Church. Highway Church, we're about relationship with Jesus, not religion. It's not by trying harder. You can't try hard enough to overcome sin. You can't do it. We need the supernatural power and life of God to overcome sin. So it's not by trying harder. It's simply by believing. Isn't that awesome? It's simply by believing. And that's, that's something so simple that, that, that uh, we're, we can be tempted to miss it. It can't be that simple. But look what Jesus said in, in Romans chapter 5. Well, it's actually Paul writing, but he's describing what Jesus did. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, it's talking about Jesus and what he restored for us. It says, for if by the transgression of the one, and we learned that one is Adam, right? For if by the transgression of Adam, death reigned through Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So we see that God's grace and righteousness, which he's freely given to us, is greater than our sin. Isn't that wonderful? So Jesus, we see that he did what he did for us. So the victory, the transformation from failure to champion is realized by receiving God's love for you. The victory for our private lives, for our getting up in the morning, for our, our time with our families, for going to work, for doing the things that we do is found in, in his love for us by receiving the abundance of his grace and the gift of his righteousness. It's easy to love God when you realize how much he loves you. It's easy to love him when you realize how much he loves you. His love changes everything. His love inspires us, gives us strength to get up when we don't feel like getting up. 
His love gives us strength to do things we couldn't do on our own. And that brings us into part three, that faith in Jesus brings about victory in our lives. Jesus said something very important, and I'm, I'm skipping around here. Let's go, Eden, let's go ahead to uh, John chapter 6, verse 35. <clears throat> Jesus is the breakfast of champions, and we talked about feeding on him. That feeding on Jesus brings about victory in our lives. And look what he said in, in, in John chapter 6, verse 35. And at Highway Church, we like to look to the words of the real Jesus. Not what so-and-so said about Jesus, but what the real Jesus said of himself. That's where the life is found. The real Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now, when he said that, he didn't mean that he was literally a loaf of wheat bread, right? He's talking about something much more powerful than wheat bread. And he clarifies what he's talking about in John chapter 6, same chapter, in verse 63. And he says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So Jesus is telling us life is found through his words. That life is produced by, by receiving his words. So we feed on Jesus by believing his words. Now we can move in to part three. Let's conclude this series today. Part three, feeding on Jesus brings about victory in our lives. Faith in Jesus brings about victory in our lives. When we talk about faith in Jesus, it's important to understand what we mean. We're not talking about believing that Jesus was a good teacher or believing that Jesus was a prophet or believing that Jesus was a good role model. Those things really won't help you much. We're talking about you personally believing that what Jesus did, he did for you now. That everything that Jesus did, he did with you in mind. So whatever issues you might be facing, whatever challenges you might be facing, Jesus has provided for you the victory in that situation. We could say that faith is the mouth and hand of the soul. Just like we eat natural food with our hands and our mouth, so we eat spiritual food with our faith. In other words, when you believe the words of Christ... You're taking who he is on the inside of you. And you're digesting the reality of what he's done for you. We could say that what we believe is spiritually what we eat, good or bad. So what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about the world around us, what we believe about God's love for us is spiritually what we eat, is what gives us strength or lack of strength. So Jesus in John chapter 16, verse 33, said something very important. And he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. So I have told you these things so that in me 
you may have perfect peace and confidence. That word peace is a very powerful word, and our Western understanding of it has become somewhat watered down. So I want to just help you a little bit understand what this word peace is. It's a very powerful word in the Greek, arena, in the Hebrew, shalom, and it literally means perfect wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you might be perfectly whole. Spirit, soul, and body. The word also means to be set at one again, to be restored, to be prosperous. It means untroubled, undisturbed well-being. I have told you these things so that in me you may have undisturbed, untroubled well-being. So that in me you might be set at one again. So that in me you might be restored. So that in me you might be made whole. That's what he's talking about here. So I've told you these things so that in me you might be made whole. In me, the Amplified says, you may have perfect peace and confidence. Look what he says, in the world, as opposed to in me, right? In the world, you have tribulation, trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident. Be certain, be undaunted, for I have overcome the world. What does that mean? What does what Jesus did have to do with us? Jesus overcame the world. How does that apply to me? What does it have to do with you and me? Everything. I like how the Amplified lets us know. He says, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Wow. I've told you these things so that in me you might be whole. In the world you have a bunch of junk, right, a bunch of trouble, but I've overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. This is radically different from the Jesus I was told about in the church that I grew up in, radically different. So at Highway Church, we're grabbing a hold of the real words of the real Jesus. And, And when you grab a hold of his words... And you spend time learning his words, and they begin to sink into your heart, it builds an intimacy with Jesus. In any relationship, when we believe someone's word, it brings us closer to that person, right? In fact, when I look at the words of my wife as more important than the words of anyone else, it brings me closer to her. It builds intimacy, So intimacy with Jesus, relationship with Jesus grows when we esteem his words above anyone else's. When what he says becomes more important to us than what any pastor says, what any priest or religious figure may say, when what he says becomes what I believe, becomes the foundation of how I behave, becomes my motivation for living, then I become closer to him. And the more that I esteem his words, the more I look to him directly, the closer I get to him. And remember our purpose at Highway Church, to lead people into relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what we do. We esteem the words of the real Jesus, and it brings us closer to him. So we find that intimacy with Christ doesn't automatically happen just by living in this world. It's not an automatic thing. We could say that intimacy with Christ doesn't come about by our life experience. 
Intimacy with Christ comes about by receiving his words, by believing his words and applying them to our life experience. Big difference. So we can become quite confused if we look at the world around us and, and try and use our life experience and circumstances to know the heart and will of God. Jesus clearly demonstrated to us that many things go on in this world that are contrary to the will of the Father. And he said to his disciples, pray in this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? In earth right? As it is in heaven. Why would he pray that? If God's will was automatically done in the earth, there would be no need to ask the Father for his will to be done in the earth, right? In fact, Jesus was criticized by the religious leaders of the day for doing the miracles that he did. And they, they said that, that he did what he did by some dark power, by the power of Satan or black magic. And Jesus said, how can, if I'm doing what I did by Satan, how can Satan cast out Satan, right? How can darkness drive out darkness? If that's the case, then the kingdom, Satan's kingdom is divided and it will fall. He said, on the other hand, if I do what I do uh, by, by the Lord, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In other words, Jesus rebuked a lot of things when he was in the earth. He rebuked storms. He rebuked sickness. He rebuked demons. He did these things, if you'll read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, because these things are not from the Lord. It was not God's design and God's will for us to live and experience these things. So we grab a hold of the words of Jesus, and we begin to apply them to any storms that may have come into our lives. We begin to, begin to apply them to any obstacles, to anything that opposes God's will for our lives, and we see as we stand on his word and speak his word and believe his word, not only do we grow closer to him, but we see those things change. And our life experience begins to change. And a foundation is built in our lives. And we become very stable people that aren't, that aren't, aren't rattled when the circumstances of this world change because they do change. So God is good. So in John chapter 13, let's go to John chapter 14, actually. John chapter 14, love this area of, of the word. Jesus is about to um, go to the cross. This is a very significant time in the life of Jesus. It's a very significant time in the timeline of humanity. And he's in chapter 13, before we read John 14, 1, you can leave it there, Ian. In John chapter 13, he begins to prepare his disciples. And he says to them that one of them, one of the 12 men that he personally was directed by his father to choose to live with him, to travel with him, to be trained and mentored by him, one of these men, the closest 12 men on earth to him, are about to betray him. I wonder how that changed the mood of the evening when he revealed that. He's having, they're having their last meal together, which was the Passover meal. And he reveals that one of them is about to betray them. And of course, they're stunned. And they say, well, it's not going to be, who would it be? Who is it going to be, Lord? And he reveals that it's going to be Judas. And the, the, the disciples really still didn't understand what was about to happen. And Judas leaves this, this meal together. He leaves. And Jesus lets them know that he's going to be with them just a little while longer. 
And then he's going to go away, and where he's going, they can't come. I mean, at this point, it, it, the whole evening would have changed, like party over, you know? What are you talking about, Jesus? They still didn't understand what he was about to go through. And he begins to reveal to them that, that he's going away, and they must have been thinking, where are you going? What are you about to do? Why, why can't we come with you? And Peter even says, I'm ready to lay down my life for you, Jesus. Wherever you go, I'm going to follow. You can't get rid of me. And Jesus says to Peter, he says, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. This is a sad, perplexing, difficult time for all of them. And in the midst of the sadness, in the midst of the perplexity and the confusion, Jesus speaks. And this is John chapter 14, verse 1. And Jesus looks at these men whom he loves so much. And look what he says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Distressed, agitated. You believe in, adhere to, trust in, rely on God. Believe in, adhere to, trust in, rely also on me. That's the Amplified Translation. I like how the message says it. The message says, don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. And then he goes on in verse 2. We'll read it from the New American Standard. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. If I go to, I, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Now, they still weren't getting it. This was still very confusing to them. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you know him and have seen him. Philip, still clueless, says, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you? And, you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. We can relate to the disciples, can't we? Where we don't understand how good he is. We don't realize the amazing plan that God had through his son, Jesus Christ. And here we are today, and we want to realize that he did what he did for us. That everything that Jesus did was for you and me today. I like the way that Jesus talks. The way that he speaks is what changed me. And he says, I am the truth and the life, the way and the life. And right in the midst of their sadness, right in the midst of their perplexity, Jesus said, I'm everything that you're looking for and so much more. I am the total life package. I'm the living, breathing fulfillment of your dreams. I'm the way, the truth, and, and the life. Now, this is different than what man's religion does. Man's religion takes Jesus and puts him up on a shelf. 
kind of off to the side, and we know he's there, but he's not really involved in our day-to-day life. He's not really involved in the issues that we face because we're not really sure that he cares that much or we're not really sure that what his plan and his will is for our lives. But real real relationship with Jesus doesn't have him on a shelf, but it gets him involved in every detail of our lives and realizes, and realizes that the things that concern us concern him. So at Highway Church, Jesus is not on a shelf and he's not a, a, an icon to be um, adored from afar. He's our living, breathing Savior. He's the answer to our daily issues, whatever that may be. If we're, we're, we, we uh, have a need in our lives where we might need an automobile or we might need um, some bills paid or we might need strength in our bodies or we might need a, a relationship restored or we might need guidance and direction for the days ahead for a decision that we need to be made, he's right there with us, ready to speak to our hearts, ready to guide and direct us. That's our Jesus. He's he's the living, breathing fulfillment of our dreams. He's the one that wants to do more in our lives than we've ever dreamed of, asked or imagined. So I I want us to see the contrast between the perplexity and sadness of the disciples and the answer of Jesus Christ. And I like that Jesus didn't say, well, I'm the truth. He said three things. He said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. That covers everything. In other words, he's the way. That can be two things. The way, he's the path that we travel to get where we need to be. In fact, the message says it this way. It says, uh, I am the road. I like that. I'm the road, also the truth, also the life. So Jesus is the way. He's the path that we travel. He's the road that we take to ensure that we're going in the right direction in our lives. Tomorrow hasn't come yet. Here we are on Sunday, March 9th in 2014, and there are decisions we need to make. It may be regarding uh, relationships in our lives, might be regarding work, might be regarding um, where we live, uh, where we go to church, anything. And we've got decisions to make, and Jesus is with us right now. He's the way, he's the path that we need to take. So we put our feet on that path when we put our trust in him. So every time I put my trust in Jesus, I'm taking another step down his path for my life. And I don't have to be afraid. What if I make a mistake? What if I make the wrong decision in Isaiah, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. In other words, God covers us. If we make a wrong decision, he'll get us back on track. His grace isn't this tiny little tightrope. His grace, it's it's a place of liberty and freedom. It's a wide place that we can walk and with confidence knowing that he's bigger than our mistakes, right? He's greater than our short sight. And then when I put my trust in him, I'm not trusting in myself to do everything right. I'm trusting in the abundance of his grace and the gift of his righteousness to make up the difference in my life. Okay? He's the way. The way can also mean the means or the method, the modus operandi, right? He's our MO. So we don't look to man for answers. We don't look to man for solutions. We go to him directly. 
He said, I'm the way, I'm the path that you're to travel, I'm the means, I'm the method that will bring about God's destiny in your life. Through relationship with me, you'll find answers. Through relationship with me, I'll show you how to live. He's the method of living. He's the way that we live. And I've noticed in my life, and and as I've I've known uh, different friends and people over the years, that the people who have esteemed his word above everyone else's word, when something happens, they go to him first. Instead of getting on the phone and calling someone, or instead of you know flipping through magazines or going online and surfing trying to find a solution, they're to Jesus right away. And I, I like what I like about Jesus is there's no waiting, <laughs> there's no caller ID necessary, right? There's never a busy signal. He's always present, and he's and he already knows what's happening, right? He already knows what we need before we go to him. So we come to this present tense, living, breathing Jesus, who's available 24/7, regardless of what we might be facing. We can have the confidence knowing he's already there. He already knows what's happened, and he already knows the way out of it, right? I'm the way. I'm the way. And then he says, I'm the truth. And this does not refer to a cold body of doctrine. That's not what the truth is. The truth is a living person, right? He's saying, I'm the total reality about God the Father. I'm the sum of all that God is. Philip, if you're looking at me, you're looking at the Father. You can know assuredly what the Father's heart is towards you. You can know assuredly what the Father's will is in your life by just looking at me. I'm the total reality concerning the Father. I'm the reality that brings stability in your life. There's really nowhere else we can look to find that reality, right? So I found in my life, walking with the Lord, that He's more real than the world we're living in. (laughs) I've seen the world change. But my God has never changed. So we found this way, this path that we walk on that brings us into our destiny. We found this method of living that's different than running to the world or or running to man for solutions. It's this coming directly to Jesus. It's this 24-7, moment-by-moment intimacy with Him where He's guiding and directing us and meeting our needs. And then we find that He's the total reality, that He's the sum of all that God is, that He's the reality that that brings the stability we need in our lives. And he didn't stop there. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and also the life. Jesus is the experience that we were made for. He's relevant to everything that we do. He's the experience that we were made for. And because of who he is, because of his amazing love for us, His words now have become more important to us than anyone else. So to bring this whole thing to a close, the Breakfast of Champions, I want to encourage you to put your mistakes behind you, to not look back anymore. You can look back and remember the good things and the great things that God has done in your life, and it's good to go over those things. But I want you to look forward. Look unto Christ, who's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the experience that you were made for. The past is behind us. We can't go back and change it. 
But the, the future is ahead of us, and it's a glorious, it's a great future. God said that he, he, he knows the plans in Jeremiah 29, 11. He knows the plans that he have for, has for us, and they're plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. And I want to encourage you all throughout the day today to grab a hold of a promise of God for your life. All of us are in different situations and different circumstances, but take some time to go through His Word and find a promise or two or three that apply to your situation and grab a hold of that promise and eat it. Just grab a hold of it and, and, and say it with your own mouth. Believe it, receive it, put it in your heart and keep it in there. And let it just grow on the inside of you. And as you're reading through the Bible and you're reading the promises of God, don't see God's promises as something that you have to do. But see them as something He has already done. All right? Don't see uh, your relationship with Jesus as a list of to-dos, as a checklist. See it as a loving, vibrant, real-life, dynamic, walking-through-life-together relationship where He loves you and, he, and He's used His power. He's provided for you to, to lift you up and to help you overcome in life. Faith in Jesus as, our, as the living, breathing answer to our dreams. Faith in Jesus as the one who loves us more than anyone else. Faith in Jesus as the reality that brings stability. Faith in Jesus as the experience that we were made for. It's this faith that brings about victory in our lives. So know that you are made by God in His image to be His champions in the earth, that you're not a failure, regardless of what mistakes you've made, because God the Father has made you, and God the Father loves you, and God the Father has a great purpose for your life. So feed on Him and let Him bring you into this new season of your life, a place of victory, a place of joy, a place of strength, a place of wisdom, a place of all that He is showing up in your life 24-7. In Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we encourage you to feed on Jesus, the breakfast of champions. Eat His words, embrace His promises, receive His love for you, and let who He is reign in every area of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.